self-development with tactics. So, today we're gonna go ahead with Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. And it's all small stuff by Richard Carson. I think that I stopped with point seven, if I'm not wrong. Yes, everyone is your teacher. And the eighth one is Patience brings you closer to the peace. The peace, I do just wanna underline the peace or that peace, actually. So if you don't have patience, then chances are you'll be angry and frustrated in your life. Patience is about believing in the process and hope for the best. It is about slowing things down and looking for areas of improvement. For example, if your boss is giving you troubles instead of taking a reactive approach, you can slow down and find something to learn from that situation. But what if instead of slowing down, you pace up and become angry at your boss? Simple, it will provide you frustration and take away your peace of mind. Think about it, how did you feel when you were at peace within your mind? Did things slow down? Did you want to live in that moment forever? We love peace and peace can be found with slowing things down. For example, you can feel relaxed if you slow down your breathing. That is too, that too requires patience. Maybe you need a shift of perspective. Maybe you have to bring patience into your life. After all, all successful people possess this quality, and why shouldn't you? The reason why most people hate practicing patience is because it isn't fun. It is boring, to be honest. It is easy to mutter obscenities, but it is hard to be patient and wander in the realm of improvement. Patience is just very important. Nothing comes overnight, nothing happens overnight, but most often bad things I don't wanna emphasize most often, of course, you know, some people got rich and famous overnight, but, well, overnight is a big, well, the thing is, those people do have a certain talent and they are capable of doing something pretty useful and or pretty extraordinary and or they're doing something extraordinarily good, which, you know, which is a craft that they have been working on for quite some time, which made them appear like, okay, they got famous overnight. But it wasn't really the case because they have been working on their craft for several years. So it's not really been an overnight thing, but rather multiple years thing. The ninth, you need a broad perspective. Perspective is simply how you look at things. The question is, do we have a broad perspective or a narrow perspective? In my opinion, you should go for a broad perspective. By broadening your perspective, you can see things more clearly. Perspective is like a camera lens. You must be able to zoom in and zoom out when needed. When you broaden your perspective, you zoom out on your life and see whether they fit, whether they fit your frame or not. And when you zoom in on your life, you miss out other details and focus on selective details. How can you get perspective on life? Richard says a simple tip in his book. He says that you should ask yourself, will this matter a year from now? The idea here is if something matters even after a few years, then it is obviously important. 
for example, if your graduation degree matters to you even after five years, then it is pretty important to you. Cherish it, hold on to it. Having perspective can also help you in your saving, uh, in your saving your time and energy for the things that are important. For instance, what other people think shouldn't bother a person who has a broad perspective because he knows that what other people think doesn't matter that much. What you think about yourself is far more important than what some random people think about you. People who have achieved great things in their life often do so with the help of right perspective. Building the right perspective can take time. The easiest way to start mastering the art of perspective is by looking at your everyday problems with more perspective. It isn't as complicated as it sounds though. Perspective in general. And I do want to say, the easiest way to start mastering the art of perspective is by looking at your everyday problems with more perspective. What might be my problem? Well, and, and perspective is a pretty broad term in itself, I would say, or by itself, because if I think about my day, my day was pretty stressed out. Occasionally I felt pretty bad because of that. Also, um, well, actually uh, a pretty high degree was me not eating enough. And so I could be like, well, it's been a shitty day. I hated it. But on the other hand, I could also be like, well, it's been uh, quite a good day because I have figured out that whatever I've eaten and or the amount that I've eaten was not nearly enough food for me to be energized, you know, to just live, feel good, be productive and be on my highest level. So probably tomorrow I'm going to do it differently. Tomorrow I'm going to eat more. Tomorrow I'm going to just maybe eat something different, but probably it's going to just be more um, well and something different. But I have clearly underestimated the amount that I should be eating of certain things, you know, and it turned out to be a, a pretty big thing for me, as I've also realized over the past few, well, actually two weeks where I've been trying to cut down a bit, but I've just completely overdone it and realized that it makes way more sense to eat a bit more, but also to move a bit more. At least this is how I feel about it and how things make sense for me. So today I've been moving quite a lot. I've been doing quite a bunch of shit. I've been outside and whatnot, but I haven't been eating nearly enough as I should have. On the other hand, um, when it comes to my day and my day being, being um, well, a bit stressful, I could also be like, well, the next day I'm, I'm not going to do so much. You know, this could also be a different perspective or another perspective on the same thing. Okay, maybe I should just eat more so that I have the energy to sustain that amount of work or I just do less. So what is the better option? And now you can just choose because it is your life and it is what you do. You can choose whatever you want to do, obviously. Life isn't fair at all. If you think that life isn't fair, then sorry, you're terribly wrong. Life isn't some mathematical equation. Oh, I'm sorry. If you think that life is fair, then sorry, you're terribly wrong. Life isn't some mathematical equation where both the left-hand side and the right-hand side balance each other as we are seeing it or having it in chemics. Yes, there are people who enjoy more privileges than others. Privileges are unfairly distributed. But what's the point of talking about it? You know, it already, right? Uh, so you know it already, right? 
Knowing that life isn't fair gives a sense of calm. When you know that some people have an advantage from the start, you get more perspective. On the flip side, thinking that life is fair will cause you grief later. People who really uh, realize this sad truth late in their lives feel sorry and blame the whole world. The best approach is to realize that imperfection is a part of this world, so lower your expectations a bit, understand that life is far from fair, adapt to it. You won't get anything for blaming and complaining, it will only cost you your time and energy, sad but true. This is always one of the reasons why I do suggest certain people, most often, as I'm thinking about it, not gonna name names, not gonna say names, um, to just not always be complaining about things and being tremendously angry about things and overly emotional about things. Well, I, I get it. You know, some things are fucked up. Some things just really are are messing with your emotions and, and whatnot. But what is the point of being just so relentlessly complaining and, and angry about things? It's not good. It's not good for your health. It's not good for your heart. It's not good for anything. So what is the point? What is the point of doing so? And some people actually indeed um, just do it because they do it. Anyway, point 11. Death is inevitable. Most people ignore death in their equation of life. Why? Because it is gloomy and unpleasant. Nobody wants to die anyway. But the harsh truth is, we are all going to die one day. And the cold truth shouldn't make you sad. Death is a part of the process called life. Just like Stephen Covey, Richard wants you to think in the long term and imagine your own funeral. By keeping the end in your mind, you can plan how you want to live your life. It's similar to setting financial goals, for example. If you have to earn a thousand, well, a hundred K this year, you'll think that uh, you'll think that way and take action accordingly. Imagine what you wish to accomplish before you die. Doing this will give you a more generous perspective more than anything else. It is better to have an end goal. If death is inevitable, why not tackle it with what you've got? Another point here that just gives perspective. Well, should I really complain about that? Is this gonna matter in 10 years? No. Should I complain about this other thing? Well, I'm gonna die, so no, I'm not gonna use the, my energy for that shit. And the 12th, learn to tap into your subconscious. Our subconscious mind is where all the ideas get mixed and new ideas are born. Richard recommends that you solve your problems by com keeping problems in your subconscious instead of actively solving them every time. Let me explain. Suppose you have a book to write, and let's say you've hit the classic writer's block which does not really exist, but I think this is also his point. Just in case, writer's block is a state where a writer fails to produce any ideas for the writing material and uh, keeps staring at the blinking cursor on his laptop. Back to this point. So now you've hit the writer's block and are struggling to produce any ideas. You can stop writing and depend on your subconscious. Your subconscious always keeps working on the thing that you've put on back burner. Maybe an idea will strike you while taking a shower or drinking coffee. Still, there is no guarantee that the idea will strike, but there is a high probability though. I would say so as well. But in terms of writer's block, as Seth Gordon, one of my dearest, dearest, dearest mentors in the sense of 
well, I liked his books. One book, well, actually, some books. His way of being and living. And uh, the podcast is just amazing. And I do consider him a mentor as well as other people. But maybe I'm going to talk about that in another episode or in a separate one. Um, but, uh, well, if you just write and write and write and write, inevitably, you are going to produce something good. And if you're unable to produce something good in, I don't know, a month of writing every day, maybe you're just not a writer. Maybe it is just not something you should be doing. But yeah, let me say it. Gonna see you the next time.